It's been six months since the Battle of Starcourt, which brought terror and destruction to Hawkins. Struggling with the aftermath, our group of friends are separated for the first time, and navigating the complexities of high school hasn't made things any easier. In the most vulnerable time, a new and horrifying supernatural threat surfaces, presenting a gruesome mystery that, if solved, might finally put an end to the horrors of the Upside Down. Hey everyone, it's Mel. It's Del. Hello. It's been a while. Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> uh, well, that isn't like our usual talk show. I don't, I don't know what you're expecting this episode to be, but it, it sure ain't that. Um, listen, when we, when we started this, we were like, oh, we'll make a podcast and then we can talk about whatever we want to. <laughs> and then, uh, you know what happened? We only did season five of 911. No, no, we didn't even finish it. We also did some Lone Star. Um, but you know what? Uh, we're going to change that. It's not happening again. Do you know why? Because it's the Dell and Mel pod and not the 911 pod. There's a reason we didn't call it something about 911. Anyways. I want you all to know that like we had plans over winter break to like <laughs> rewatch Voltron. We had plans to watch all the Step Up movies, to watch Paddington 1 and 2. And none of these things has panned out. But we have watched Stranger Things. We sure did watch Stranger Things. And you know what? We have a lot of things to say. I know Dell has a lot of things to say. I have a lot of commentary to make on those things being said. I have a lot of things to say. And you're going to listen. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Okay. So, uh, well, how did you enjoy season four? Let's start with that. Okay. So I, I really like the first part of season four. And then I waited a month, right? Like, we waited through Pride. We got, we got the Umbrella Academy. We got... Um, what else did we get in June? Uh, Miss Marvel started. We got Miss Marvel. We got Obi-Wan. Um, so, like, you know, we, we got things to watch. Um, and oh, then, The Boys was in June, too. And The Boys, yeah. Um, things I've yet to finish and catch up on. Um, but then the last two episodes came out. And I'm going to say, I, I don't think it needed a month. Um, I was talking with Bay about this because they were planning on watching it and they're like, what are your honest opinions? And they said, you know, if it came out on a weekly basis, then they could do whatever, like, they needed to do. Because I know that one of the, I don't know if it was, like, a real thing that was going on or if they just, like, wanted the hype to last a month. Um, but I think someone said, one of the Duffer brothers said that, like, they still need to edit things. And I get that, but I don't know if that's true. But if it came I, out, like, I don't they, know if I believe them. <laughs> yeah, I don't really believe them. Um, they also said, you need to look for things. And then we all point out that it was Will's birthday. And they said, mm, we forgot. We so, forgot Will's birthday. We're going to dub Winona Ryder. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so I don't think it needed to wait a month. I really enjoyed it. Um, this is also... Um, spoilers for this ep- for like the whole season. So if you oh my god, if you're, if you're again, listening, to this, get out. <laughs> haven't watched the show yet, like the season. Why? You, Why you are you here? I know you like our voices. I know you miss us. You need to leave. Um, but I also I thought it was very cheap of them to kill Max and then bring her back five minutes later. Uh, I remember I told you about. I was I thought it was like the worst thing they could do. Um, it then lowered my my stakes and my anxiety for like the rest of the show for any of the main characters. Um, side characters, 
I won't even get attached to anymore. I mean, I will, but I know that they're in more danger than C. Parrington. Yeah, I really, I went into this season like months before the season came out. My first tweet, I looked the other day saying that um, Steve's probably going to die in season four is in February. (laughs) I was preparing myself for so long. And not saying we want Steve to die. No. Oh my God, no. But like, it it made sense. Yeah. Like we 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 mapped it out. We said okay, because they said five people are going to die, and I was like, okay, like I'm ready for this to be a very devastating season, but I'm ready for them to commit because if you know anything about me, I love major character deaths if they're done right, if it progresses the story along. Um, and I I cried when Max died. I cried when Eddie died. And then they brought Max back and I felt like it was cheap. Uh, and it made me like, oh, why did I care so much? It's it's weird because like, I don't think they should have brought Max back. I feel like that should have been like, not that the, the, the party isn't aware that people can die and it has an impact, but they had just done the same thing with Hopper. I don't know. Like bringing someone back immediately after that. The only reason that I can see Max doing anything in the fifth season of the show at all is if she is Vecna's vessel. Mm -hmm. Because not that blind people can't do things, that's not what this is about. It's about the fact that whenever Eleven goes to try and see Max's mind while she's in the hospital, there is nothing. Which implies that she is on top of having all of her limbs broken and being blind she is also brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, not to laugh at that, but like, it's, it, she's basically dead, but like, not dead. What is, what is she going to do? <laughs> like, I don't... She's not Matt Murdock. See, I did think for a little bit, I was like, maybe they'll like, bring her back, and if she isn't brain dead, if that was just them being dramatic for no reason, because there is a time skip too, supposedly, <laughs> happening between season four and five, because the because that's are like 20 and do not look yeah. like they're freshmen in high school anymore yeah but um so like i guess during that time she 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 could magically unbrain dead herself i mean she's already come <laughs> back from the dead um, um like, well okay so another thing with like killing them and then bringing them back I felt like russia was a big like a very big letdown i remember in 2019 yes um I remember watching that little teaser of Hopper being alive and I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And then, you know, COVID happened and things that, you know, no one could control or even predicted happened. Um, And then they gave us Hopper in Russia. And I was like, what is the point of this? Because, you know, they they had a connection to the Upside Down. I genuinely believed that the Upside Down was 100% connected to Hawkins. And so if they went through the Upside Down in Russia, they would have ended up in Hawkins and they would have been able to meet up with the team there. I thought that's where they were going. And then they didn't. Going back to Max really fast, because I didn't finish my statement. <laughs> oh, okay. Got away. I got carried away talking about something else. So I thought that because Eleven saved her, she was going to come back and have psychic powers. And Ooh, she was yeah. going to be very like Matt Murdock um, where you know he's blind he cannot see shit but he like can't like you know mm-hmm. like that kind of thing and I thought that's where they were going to go with her but 
if she's brain dead like that's that's a big letdown I feel like what they did with Russia is such a big letdown I feel like not that I didn't want to know what happened to Hopper while he was there but I feel like they spent a really long time (laughs) telling us that like it might have been more dramatic if we had just been watching Joyce and Murray trying to get to Russia and we did not see (laughs) Hopper at all and like we get the note that Hopper is alive or and like we don't see him at all. Yeah, or even like there's an idea that someone says that Hopper's alive, and so you're like, okay, is that really him? Uh, it's also um, to talk about the the controversy that that happened. Yes, uh, from from Stranger Things. I almost said Supernatural. From Stranger Things, um, with using an old Nazi Jewish um, conservation camp, and then making it a tourist trap. And then COVID happened. And so they had to shut it down. It kind of got buried until the new season came out. And you had all these articles um, coming out like, hey, don't forget that this is like where it came from. And this is what they did to it. Uh, And then we all got really angry about it in June. And then the new season came out and like, we all stopped talking about it. Like I saw that happen. I was like, but like, aren't we still mad that like that happened? I I feel like, um, filming there isn't that big of a deal because I feel like there's we film on terrible places every single day I feel like there's no way to escape that could they have picked a different prison yeah they could have but they did it and like if it was just like oh they filmed in this place I feel like that would have been a different story than oh they filmed in this place and then made it a Stranger Things themed yeah. Airbnb like that's I think ridiculous like the, like the only reason we know that they filmed there was because they made it into, like, they advertised it. Like, people would have found out eventually, like, we find out where people film things, mm-hmm. but, like... You and I, I spent like, a very long time doing that. Yes, we do. We spend a lot of our free time. But, um, I feel like it's a very different thing to say, oh, they filmed this thing here, than, mm-hmm. oh, they filmed here, and then tried to get money off of it. Like... Yeah. People are gonna take this audio clip someday and be like, the <laughs> supports, and I'm gonna be like, no, you're... <laughs> no, like, you got out contracts. Um, but, like, if we think of, like, other historical sites, like, they've been turned into museums. It's been, like, you know, like, they tell you about the history and all that. And it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a tourist trap still. Like, it's America. Of course, we're going to do that. Um, but I, turning it into a Stranger Things, like, bed and breakfast or whatever they did. Um, Airbnb, was that it? I that's, think so. That's the same thing. Um, Basically. And, I don't know, like, that just, like sits with me in a very like odd way i'm like yeah like that's capitalism at its finest and i hate it i know a better thing to do with it would have been like if they filmed there and they wanted to do something to make money they could have been like and now it's a museum go to this place that stranger things filmed that you can get a tour and be like this is the cell we filmed this in and then here's all these things this is what actually happened at this prison you know stuff like that like you never watched Parks and Rec, and I feel like I ask you that every single time we were on this podcast. No, I didn't. Um, okay, so it feels a little like um, any Parks and Rec fans that are listening. There's an episode where they have the Harvest Festival, and it's on, like, a Wamapoke um, uh, burial ground. It, like, a huge battle happened there. And Wamapoke are, like, the Native Americans that live in, in Pawnee and founded Pawnee. And the, the chief of the Wamapoke tribe is like you need to have a place that's honoring us because right now you have like all these things 
honoring like white people like you have a shooting gallery where like my ancestors died um and so they have this big controversy about it and then finally they have like this museum um for it they're like okay like we're gonna like tell like before you can enter the the park you have to learn about like the Wampok history and they kind of like meet that compromise and i wish we had something like that you know <laughs> yeah it, it's mm. it's a very it's a very sucky subject I feel terrible talking about it too because I'm not Jewish. Like I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something that has to be addressed. So if you weren't aware of that, now, now you, you are. There's so, and there's there's a lot of um, creators out there who are Jewish and they yes. talk about the anti-Semitism within Stranger Things and how people have appropriated um, things that they shouldn't appropriate. Yeah, go go. There's a lot of people on TikTok who do this. Go uh, listen to some of their videos. I'm sure you can find them. There's also a lot of people who do really great uh, talking about how the racism in Stranger Things and how they ha- handle, like, Erica and Lucas and, like, Billy Hargrove, uh, <laughs> who is racist. Um, Very racist. <laughs> and, uh, like, in, like, Black creatures who talk about stuff like that. So, like, go listen to them. Don't listen go, to go us. <laughs> yeah, go go support them. They, they do a great job. You, this is just me reiterating what they've already said. Uh, so, go listen to them. I, dro- I dropped some handles, but I don't have any off the top of my head. Yeah, um, I, I they are on TikTok, one, but though. I don't know her name. They are on TikTok. All right, so, since uh, I just mentioned racism, let's mm. just let's just keep going with this. Yeah, um, woo! <laughs> they really. I I know why it was Lucas who stayed with Max. That makes a lot of sense. I know why it was Erica who was as far away from danger as they could possibly put her. That also makes sense, just based on, like, character ages and relationships and stuff. However, they did then choose to have the white men who are (laughs) trying to get all of these children arrested for murder tackle them. Yeah. (laughs) And fight them, and that is a weird choice. Yeah. Like, they they also have other uh, people of color on their basketball team but they're like you know we're gonna have just the white people do it oh yeah the the most aggressive way and then isn't there some line where jason's like lucas i thought you were one of the good ones or something like that and i'm like oh yeah and okay like a lot of people love billy and i think it's because they love the actor david montgomery who does a fabulous job as billy fantastic amazing and they can't uh, I, uh, dis- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, discern Billy from him. It's the he's same. Also, but... He's also very attractive. However, yeah, very attractive. Like, mm. here's here's the thing about about Billy. So a lot of people are like, oh, he's a redeemable character because he redeemed himself at the end. He uh came from an abusive household from his dad. He was then like abusive to Max in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he redeemed that relationship. He did not redeem his actions towards Lucas because as we see in the show, we see that what's his father, dad's name? Neil, I think. I don't know. Sure. Um, you could say any name and I'd be like, yeah, you're right. All right, great. Um, so anyways, his dad um, is, you see him be like abusive to Billy after we've seen Billy be abusive to Max. You could say, oh, that's how those relationships connect like why he's like that you then never see him you never see his dad be racist to anybody I don't believe that is an action that is entirely Billy Hargrove and I think 
that a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's his dad. That's why he acts like this. Not quite. You can blame some of it on that. And there's no, maybe, if he hadn't grown up in that environment, he wouldn't have been racist, but there's no evidence to actually prove that. Don't be racist. That's, that's, uh, if you learn anything from this, don't, don't be racist. Don't be racist. Uh, <laughs> I think Jason, I feel like a lot of people also, because Jason is like the villain in this season, the human villain, um, they really kind of minimize his relationship with Chrissy. They're like, see, he didn't even love her. Um, and I, I, I think he did. Like, I think like him and Chrissy, like, did, like, they, you know, they were in I high think, school. I think they did love each other. You, did you say didn't or did? Did. Okay. Did. I think they did. And, yeah. And, you know, he wouldn't be so gun-ho with, like, going after Eddie in the way that, that he is if he didn't have, like, a sort of feeling towards her. It's not like, man, my reputation is, like, as a man, I have to know. It's like he, he did care for her. And I think a lot of people are, are, like, minimizing that. Not saying, like, it's a good thing he w- did this. But it's the idea that he felt so much grief that he turned to propaganda, which was that D&D is a gateway to Satan. Oh, good old Satanic. A fantastic movie. I highly recommend. It was beginning of Tom Hanks' um, film career. It's called Mazes and Monsters. It is a uh, Christian anti-D&D film. (laughs) <laughs> it is the funniest thing I've ever watched. Um, my family and I, we watched it all together. And, but it's during this time, the height of, wow, D&D is from Satan. I, I love things like that that just don't, like, looking back on it now, <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense at all. But, like, in that time, people were like, like, it's, it's so interesting to go back mm-hmm. and, like, look at stuff like that. I, uh, realized the other day uh there's the scene right before max gets vecna they're like (laughs) writing notes to each other and they're like movie friday max can't see (laughs) you'll never be able to see the movie also in in her um what's it called in her medical room hospital room there we go in her hospital room he has that tape to the wall i know I'm like bestie, I, you're gonna have to explain the whole movie to her. I know, like he, I was like, I was like, she'll never be able to watch that movie. That's so sad. Uh, I really hope, and maybe this is just wishful thinking. I really hope that they actually, like, they don't minimize that now she is blind. You know, like a uh, um, a lot of uh, media, especially like superheroes. Like Matt Murdock, you know, he's blind and so therefore now he has like these superpowers of like, no, just like let the man be blind. Let her let her be blind. Let her cope with like this this thing that's new for her, that's different, that's causing her to not be able to react certain ways and let it strengthen her as she grows as a character versus yeah, now like she can see again. I cannot imagine what it must have been like for Lucas in that situation because Jason has just broken the Walkman. Um, he is like basically pinned up against the wall mm-hmm. um, at this point. Max has started floating in the air and like what does what does Jason think is happening actually? Like <laughs> Eddie is nowhere to be found. Um, and, and in Jason like not to defend Jason 
But Jason is like an outsider looking in and he walks in on literally like Max in like a trance. He sees Lucas, who is a member of a D&D group, literally called um, Hellfire. Hellfire. There we go. You know, literal like devil in the name. And then she starts floating. Man, I would be like, God, you got to stop it right now. And I would be, you know, trying to save a woman's life. Not to like go, man, like Jason was in the right, but I get it from a, wow, that's, I don't know what he was thinking. And then, you know, his um, reaction from that isn't to save the girl from a trance, it's to beat the <laughs> shit out of Lucas. Which what? Means, that's the thing I don't condone. <laughs> He's like, I mean, maybe, you know what? maybe if I kill the kid, it'll save the girl. I know. Mm. And then, you know what? To Lucas's credit, he does then beat the show, Jason. Then Jason does get disintegrated by the upside <laughs> down. I, which, okay, uh, another thing I didn't like about this season was they set up Jason so well, and they set up this, like, dynamic between the basketball players and the town versus Eddie. And I was so excited to see how that would play out. Oh, my God. I wanted... We, didn't, we don't even get it. We don't even get a lick of it because they're both dead. I wanted Eddie to come back so bad because every every day I'm not kidding I think of another <laughs> like thing that like would have been like oh Ed- this could have happened if Eddie lived well shit that's a good plot <laughs> Eddie could have watched all these movies Bill and Ted came out four days after he died that made me like, like so excited about that movie oh my god <laughs> Literally, I it's uh, I think it would have been so cool to have been able to see um, Eddie go back to Hawkins and have to interact with the town now that it's literally falling apart. Um, uh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen like I, a, a, a real easy way for them to be like, yeah, like Eddie's cleared of like all of his crimes, but like people in the town still hate him is they literally have the government on their side. And if the government was like, oh, yeah, like, we caught the guy who has been performing these, like, rituals, and we've been blaming it on Eddie, but Eddie's, like, in the clear, but the town still is like, mm, I don't trust this man, that would have been fun, and you won't have to worry about Eddie going to prison. You know what else? It was so easy to pin <laughs> the entire thing on Jason. <laughs> because. <laughs> because. Okay, Eddie, the only thing that he's around for is that the first murder happened in his trailer and then he sees the third one while he's on a boat in the middle of a lake. Okay. Um, and he doesn't the rest see it. Of it. They cannot tie it to him. Wait, at all. no, hold on. Let's see who died. It's, um, oh, and then Fred. Right. I forgot about him. Listen, that was no, blinking no, you missing. His name is Fred Benson. Like, from iCarly. <laughs> no, it's not. It no. is. It really is. <laughs> no. Oh. And he's the only other. Hold on. He's also the only other black character on the baseball team. A basketball no. team. Right? No, not that one. Not that one. This Who is, died? This is, Fred is Nancy's journalist friend. Patrick no, is that, on the basketball team. Yeah. That, the basket, he was the third death. Patrick yes. was the second. Okay. No, no. Fred is the second death. Patrick's yeah. the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're thinking the same thing. I think we're just like uh, the wires are getting crossed. But okay. Patrick 
sorry, Patrick was the only other black character in yeah. the show. And then there's Melissa, which I only remember because I saw her name tag and I was like, that's my name. Melissa? Yeah, her name's Melissa. I thought she was going to be the new love interest for Robin before Annie with an E showed up. Who is that? Um, see, I only know her name because it's my name. But when they arrive at the um, the school, uh, Steve, Robin, and Dustin, and they're like, we're here to help. Melissa's the one that gives them orders. Okay. She, right. had, she had a name tag, and I was like, it's my girl, Melissa. So, okay. Um, that, that's the only reason I know it. Cool. Great. Okay. So, um, anyways, so, listen, Jason, okay? So, Eddie's only tie is that he's, it's, the first one happens in his, because he dies in his trailer. And, um... Patrick dies in front of him while he's in a boat on the lake. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Jason, Chrissy was his uh, girlfriend. Uh-huh. And he <gasps> was also in the presence. Now, okay, Max is the third victim. She survives. Um, Lucas is there to corroborate. Erica is there to corroborate. Max is there to corroborate. Jason is dead. What's he going to say? <laughs> well okay here's here's another thing to feed, here's another thing to feed into this theory freddie was so gung-ho about the basketball yeah the basketball team losing mm-hmm. I, if i was the captain of the team i'd be going after him too and listen listen uh, they know jason was there the the rest of the basketball team knows that jason was there oh because they were also there but they weren't inside the house with Lucas and Max. Wait. They were outside with Erica. Pinning that would have been such a great... Duffer Brothers, what? Mm. 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 Oh, listen, it could have been so good. Literally every single day I have another thought. And I'm like, well, <laughs> well shit, okay. <laughs> we could have had it all. Uh, another... Oh, my gosh. Like, they could have just done so much. And I feel like they... I know that the Duffer Brothers wrote the last episode by themselves. Maybe the last two by themselves. Like, no other creative, um, like, people on it. And I just feel like a lot of balls were dropped. See, I don't know how much I can really say that because there still is a fifth season. But, like, it, from what we've seen, it feels like that. Like, yeah. the biggest miss to me is that they save, they defeat Vecna, but he disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of get to see where everybody is in that moment. You know, Eddie's dead, and Dustin's with Eddie's body. Uh, Nancy, <laughs> Robin, and Steve um, exit the Creel house in the Upside Down to see that Vecna is lo- no longer there. Um, the the um, California crew is in the fucking surfer boy pizza (laughs) and um joyce and hopper and murray and enzo are getting on a helicopter okay and then two days later Mm -hmm. the only logical reason i can think of them using a time skip there because it doesn't make any sense because we don't get to see anybody more in eddie no, especially they had to go past him to get out of the upside. Yeah. Down. Okay. So here's here's the thing that I really want to see in season five because I didn't get to see it in season four, and I know they like doing their little flashbacks. I would have loved to have watched from the trio of Robin, Steve, and Nancy. They think that, uh, rightfully so, they think that Max is dead, mm-hmm. and they think 
we're the ones that convinced that little girl to go sacrifice. Like, Steve's a full-blown adult. He's over the age of 18. Um, and he has put her in this situation where now she is dead. And they're walking back to get out. They think, like, they know that Vecna, they don't know what happened to him. Maybe his body disintegrated. Maybe they won in some way. Maybe they lost, but they definitely lost. Like, Max is dead. And they're walking back absolutely defeated. And there is Eddie also dead. And Steve told them to not play hero, to not sacrifice themselves. And what does Eddie do? He does it. And so I just, I want that scene. And I know I'm never going to get it because See, the times we're going to mention Eddie is going to be flashbacks. Yeah. That, that's the only logical reason that I could think that they time skipped past all of this. Like everyone, like, coming together and like comforting each other and having that like reunion moment after the final battle and like the very bittersweet like we've lost people but we have temporarily beaten Vecna because we don't know what happened to him right the mm -hmm. only thing that I can think of is that they're gonna use it in season five and they're gonna go back to that but they don't know what they're gonna do with it yet and that there's like a way that like something could happen in that time that two day time frame that changes the events of season five and they weren't entirely sure how because the duffer brothers said they know how the show is ending they just don't know how they're getting there yet so they have a definitive like end for it they just haven't quite figured I, out how all the plot parts move together i wonder if it's a netflix really likes this show because it gets them a lot of money mm -hmm. and so they know how it's gonna end and so they're like hey we're gonna give you another season and they're like okay because like season four was supposed to be their last season yeah right? mm -hmm. i remember that being said yeah, uh, and then and then it wasn't. So I'm wondering if it's like a Netflix is like, we'll give you a lot more money if you stretch it. And so like, okay, we'll stretch it. Um, and so I, that's why I feel like a lot of things don't don't mesh because they're stretching something that doesn't necessarily need to be stretched. Um, if we think of like Alex Hirsch, the creator of Gravity Falls, um, God, Gravity Falls is such a good show. It's amazing. It hits it hit his 10 year anniversary this year. I know. Um, but Alex said, you know. I have a story. This is the story. I'm ending it after two seasons. It had a huge fan base. It could have gone for way longer, but he said, this is the story. Here you go. We're not going to touch it ever again. Like, we'll like do little things here and there, but we're not going to like touch this story. And it was a very like bold move, but he did it. And I feel like a lot of creators, like, especially with like TV, they don't do that. Like, that's why I love limited series. Like, um, Obi-Wan it's like here's the story you're not getting anything more out of it well I watched this show on Netflix I don't know how many people have actually watched it it's called Trinkets it's based on a book and they only did two seasons because they reached the end of the book yeah <laughs> like whenever um 13 reasons why kept going after, I was like you finished the book what are what, you what else is there now? like uh with a uh, Game of Thrones they're like, hey, we ran out of source material. We're just going to keep going. Yeah. And now like, the source material can't even continue because it's going to be compared to the TV show. Like, it's so, like, just put a cap on it. Say this is, like, there are some shows you don't have to do that for. Like, I feel like comedies especially. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you're doing, like, a story that ha it has a definitive story to it, I feel like you have to have, like, a definitive this is what's happening. Do not touch it kind of thing to it. Like, I wonder how, like, the world would have been if, um, supernatural ended at the fifth season like originally it was supposed to oh it'd be a very different world so back to stranger things 
I just, they know where they're ending it. So I feel like the only way that they would do that is to have something happen there. And um, can I talk about uh, the <laughs> Eddie theory that I... Yeah, yeah you can. Okay. okay, so some of you may have heard this because I heard about, I have... I heard about it on TikTok. Mel is apparently not. However, not. Mel has played D&D before. I have. Yep. I have not. Um, so I did a lot of D&D research um to do this so mel might know exactly where i'm going with this the second i start talking about it but that's not going to stop me okay Okay. so what do you know about cas spelled k-a-s in the D&D universe oh um i know you you've connected it to critical role yes they apparently used i apparently they've used them in critical role was it um what does it mean? Like, I, I know what you're talking about, but he, like, I, like in he, the vaguest sense, I know what you're talking yes. about. He is a person, Cass, um, and he is the right hand to Vecna in D&D. Oh, yeah. So at the end of, uh, I think it was the end of campaign one for a critical role. Okay. Yeah, continue. Okay. So this theory starts from Reddit user fearless start 7574 um who says that they have a theory that eddie will become Cass, the vampire because that's what he is <laughs> um which okay, is that's, I, where you got, that's where you got vampire from i said uh, i thought that you had already heard about this and that i was just gonna be talking about it i didn't know i was going to be introducing so this theory I, to you i need um, you i need i need everyone at home listening to us rambling about the show to understand that I'm waiting for us to begin the podcast and Dell just sends me the most out-of-pocket message. She goes, I'm sorry, I'm researching Eddie becoming a vampire in season five. And that was <laughs> that was it was like I'm researching Eddie and um the, and I sent you like a screenshot of the article that I was reading and the headline <laughs> says, says, it says it's Morbin and then Morbin is crossed out and then Munson is next to it. So it says it's Munson time. I was like, I assumed that if I said to you, you knew I was going to be talking about the he's turning into a vampire theory. I I thought you were, so let me tell you about the the thing that I sent you before we began. um, All right. Um, I sent you an audio recording asking if you're talking about saving rolls, like saving dice, or if you're asking about, because you also said it was about critical role, if you're going to be talking about... um, in Sunken Tomb, episode 44 of Campaign 1 of Critical Role, where Vex, um, she dies, like, cannot uh, revivify herself. And so they do the sacrifice play where they're all sacrificing these super magical items, and then her twin brother Vax um, sacrifices his own life and becomes a servant of the Raven Queen. I thought that's where you were going. This makes more sense with no. what you're saying. So... Um, so Cass, right, he is the right-hand man to Vecna, mm-hmm. and he eventually is the person who defeats Vecna. Um, so from, uh, the Critical Role Wikipedia here, um, at least in, so in the way that Critical Role played D&D with the Vecna part, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, they, it's, um, so Vecna, of course, he has a bunch of this. This is they address this in the show too when they're initially 
introducing Vecna during the D&D campaign that they're playing, that he has a bunch of undead followers. Um, and uh, they have... I'm skimming it, because I'm jumping over the things that have to do with the actual Critical Role game, because <laughs> we're not talking about them. Um, so, uh, Cass was offered vampirism in exchange um, for being Vecna's, like, right hand, Okay. Mm-hmm. So, as we know, Eddie dies by lots of bat bites, I guess. Um, and he, <gasps> oh! he is, so the, the doctor oh! said the bat bites aren't <laughs> fatal whenever Steve uh, got bit. Obviously, that was a lie. Um, but we don't see Eddie's body ever after, like, the initial he's dead. And yeah, we like, don't see what happens like- to Vecna. Right? Whoa! Okay. Okay. It gets better. Just wait. Okay? <laughs> like you're, like, blowing my mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Cass has... It. He's he's called a lot of different things. Um, the the Bloody um, Hand. Yeah, Cass the Bloody Handed. Um, he is also called Cass the Destroyer, Cass the Betrayer. Lots of things here. What? Um, so, um, he is... He spends months, you know, there's a time skip happening. Uh, like, but like working with Vecna, okay, and that gives him the title of Cast the Bloody Handed. He also has a weapon, um, which is what is it? What is it called? Where is it? Ah, wait, what are you talking about? He has a sword. It's the sword. Oh. Is it just called the Sword of Cast? I guess so. Um, it's called the uh, um, it's not it on him. I. It's called. Hold on. It's. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a sort of cast. Yeah, okay. So, um, he has a sort of cast, um, and, uh, the, supposedly, the blade itself is what whispers to Cass and tells him to betray Vecna. Yeah, it's, yeah, and then, um, in this time, um, he betrays Vecna, kills Vecna, um, and then, like, takes up the mantle for himself, you know, whatever. But that is not necessarily true. So, going back to the initial Reddit theory, um, he says, Cass has a significant weapon, which is his sword, as well as a shield with spikes on it, just like a trash can shield with nails in it. Um, and then he wields a sort of Cass, essentially, like, long sword that convinced Cass to betray Vecna. Wait, what if it's, hold on, what if it's his, um... His axe, his um, his guitar. Yeah, it, it literally looks like a weapon. Okay, I've I've thought about the guitar because that would be so cool if it's if instead of a sword, it's like his guitar playing music <laughs> and upside down. And it's that would be really cool. But um, we also Hopper beats the Demogorgon with a sword. Uh huh. So we already oh, no. have a sword. I also I also have no idea where the sword came from. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea why they had a sword in. A Russian prison. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, he uses that uh, to betray Vecna in an attempt to usurp his power. Um, and then it loses, it, uh, the battle leads to Vecna losing his eye and his hand. And in season four, episode one, they um, mention, you know, whenever they say that it's Vecna who's here, um, Eddie right. says, there is one you do not recognize. His skin shriveled, um, and something else. 
he is not only missing his left arm, but his left eye. Everyone at the table freaks out, having thought Vecna was dead. Mike shrieks, he was killed by Cass. Mm. And, you know, they, they have a very big history in this show of using the D&D game mm-hmm. to predict mm-hmm. what's happening. Specifically, best example is season one, episode one, whenever they roll to fireball the Demogorgon the dice rolls off the table. They have to end the campaign. Will has found the dice. It's a seven. They tell him to lie about it. He tells Mike after everyone else has left, it's a seven. The Demogorgon got me. And then immediately he's got, is <laughs> got by the Demogorgon, um, which as we now know was Vecna. But um, so it's a whole thing like that. So oh. um, it, there's more to it. I have a lot more things, but that's the, basics of it there's also i've seen some people say that since hopper had the sword there's this other um way that it could be spun in that um you have there could be two versions of cast where it's cast the destroyer and cast the bloody hand and two completely separate people um so cast the destroyer would be the cast we were just talking about there's this other version of cast um in in the adventure, die Vecna die, according to Wikipedia. So, <laughs> logical source here. Um, <laughs> there is a death knight who calls himself Cast the Bloody Handed and serves Vecna in the deity's place. But the death knight is not the true Cast, though he believes himself to be. And his real name is not given. The false Cast seeks to redeem himself for his betrayal of Vecna. So, he seeks to redeem himself for something that he didn't even do. So, there's I've seen both theories that Eddie is just full on like Cass and that he's going to be vampirized or have some people seen some people say that he's not going to like become a vampire because Steven is, isn't a vampire um, but that he's going to get like flayed in the way that Billy was mm-hmm. um, and that's how they're going to twist it and then he's going to serve Vecna for a while and then flip on him in like season five and like the big battle moment he's gonna be like a villain for most of the season and then he's gonna get to flip and defeat Vecna um and I've also seen people say that he's going to be cast the bloody handed in the sense that he's not the real cast but he thinks that he is well I think it's also that the kids they just give names to people they're like that's a Vecna and they're like actually he's no his name is Vecna um, like they're they're not called demogorgons, but that's what the kids call them. Um, but a, a thing about the the sort of cast, because as you were talking, I was like, I'm gonna look up the D and D statistics of this. Yes. Uh, so the sort of cast, it has like this element, at least like within Critical Role. I don't know if it's within like yeah. The whenever episode, I was like, trying to look for like actual D and D stuff, it just kept giving me Critical Role, and I was like, all right. Cast yeah. So like- I don't know if this is a Matthew Mercer or a um, playbook. But if the sword of cast isn't bathed in blood within a minute of being drawn from its scarab, its wielder must make a DC uh, a, uh, a DC fifteen charisma save. On a success, they suffer three D six psychic damage. But on a failure, they are dominated by the sword, as if by a dominate monster. And the sword demands that it be fed blood. The effect ends when the sword is fed. Nice. So it, we could have this fun element of Eddie if they. If the Duffer brothers are smart, um, <laughs> if they yeah. do down this, um, where 
he's using the sword, whatever element that is, whether it's his, his music or like a literal sword or he gets like superpowers uh, where he's able to fight off um, Vecna's mind control. Um, and so he's either able to save himself or he um, has to, to kill someone. And the save yourself route would leave him with like psychic damage. Yeah, I think I think it'd be fun. I think this is an incredible way to bring Eddie back and not undo his death. Yeah. Um, which is something that I fear that they would do if they brought him back. And especially seeing I... the fan response to Eddie. They must have been like, oh shit. I know they were going in to try and make a likable character to kill off. Like, I know that was their intent. <laughs> but um, but we, like... immediately, we immediately fell in love with Chrissy. And we, like, we were like, F Freddy. Who cares about Freddy? But Chrissy, I die for her. Eddie... I die for that gay man. Yeah, it's it's really they set up so much with him and so much potential for his character co- to continue in the show. Whether they had kept him alive and we got the cool like he has to return to Hawkins, but he's a wanted man thing, or yeah. we get the um, uh, cast the destroyer, bloody handed, whatever you want to call him, uh, thing. Um, I I think it'd just be really funny if Max was controlled by Vecna and Eddie was controlled by um, by Vecna as well, but he's, like, Cass and she's, like, as Vecna's, like, vessel. That would be really funny. I, I think that's just a funny dynamic of this short little redhead and this, like, metalhead man. <laughs> but that would be such a cool way to, like, end the show. And I... So, here's the thing. I don't think they want to bring Eddie back, but I bet that they looked at the fan response and went, <laughs> oops. Well, they did, um, this, they did the same thing with Barb. Like, she was supposed to be, like, a one-and-done character and then, like, they're like, okay, her death has such a big impact on the fans. We're gonna make it have such a big impact on these characters. Yeah. And, um, I don't know how smart the Duffer Brothers are, like, generally, because, like, they've written a really good show so far. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know if they're how well they're looking into it um they do have time to write the fifth season because it's not supposed to come out till like 2024 2025 something like that so um they they have a lot of time on their side hopefully they will see our theories and go you know what that's a good idea or oh we already don't uh, hey, i think they should get people who like play D as a job like matthew mercer or um brendan lee mulligan or um uh griffin um Oh, how do you say his last name? McElroy. I think they should get, like, a, an actual DM to come and write for the show. I think that would be so cool. But I just, I don't know how much they're actually going to take this into account. Because um, they've, so here's here's my thing. They've been putting <laughs> a lot of effort, um, uh, uh, emphasis on um, the fact that Eddie is dead dead. Um, but they've said that about people before. Because they said Brenner was dead dead and look look who is in the fourth season dr brenner um and now he's dead now, now he is dead maybe he's dead i don't know i have a big thing on tv where if or in like movies and stuff where if i don't see the body like they are not dead mm-hmm. and we didn't see the body with brenner the first time but we did this time eddie yeah. it's kind of on the fence because we watched what we thought was him dying <laughs> but if they brought him back like i wouldn't be that i wouldn't be mad i wouldn't be mad yeah no and then there's been a lot of like so there's been a lot of emphasis on the oh Eddie is dead dead but there's also been a lot of like Joseph Quinn has said in interviews like um oh well I 
spent I knew going into the season that they were going to kill Eddie off because they had the time to write the entire show like during the pandemic and so we had all the scripts going into it I thought he said that uh he thought Eddie was going to survive and then he got the last script and found out Eddie was dying so he thought he could change it oh That's- that's what he he said in an interview. He's like, I knew that that's where they were going with him, or like they t- they didn't have like the scripts out yet, but like they told him that's what they were going to do with the character. And he was like, I thought if I played him well enough, they would invite me back for season five, which oh. is the most depressing thing I've ever heard him say <laughs> in my life. That so um maybe maybe they are, and I I've, I've just seen a lot of like oh well he's dead, and I'm like is he dead or is he like dead wink wink you know like. I saw um, Jack Black has TikTok and somehow he ended up on my For You page. And he was like, man, like Eddie's death, the most depressing thing. They killed like one of the best characters. And I'm like, when Jack Black tells you you messed up, you gotta listen. Yeah, I, there's so much potential for Eddie. They just have to read some fan fiction, get some ideas, mm-hmm. bring him back. Another character that has a lot of potential that wasn't really touched on this season Will Byers. My good old boy Will. <laughs> that man has been like, he's been through the rigor. <laughs> and they just keep putting him through it. Yeah. Uh, I have a, one of my coworkers, Kate. She loves the show a lot. Um, she was telling me that when they filmed the first season, um, um, Mike, Lucas, and Dustin, all of their actors, became like really like their chemistry was just there because they worked so well together and they just have like will byers all by himself every single day like not filming that many scenes with the people he's supposed to be these best friends with and so i why can't i think of his name will byers is actor noah schnapp noah schnapp who's in some hot water with doja which is very (laughs) funny um and Noah was saying that the second season was like kind of awkward because you had this core group of friends who were friends in real life. And then he was also there. He was friends with them, but they were like, they had on-screen chemistry. Um, one, of, one of the big arcs for Will this season was him being in love with Mike, which... get Raise your standards, babe. <laughs> My opinion in life is that Will, not Will, Mike is tragically straight um i'm on the fence about nancy um but i think that mike is so straight yeah i i don't um after this season and they so netflix did that thing that it likes to do where it marketed will and mike together a lot and marketed eddie and steve together a lot because it knew (laughs) that people thought that ship them together and that's the thing they like to do they have Uh a lot of history of doing that and um whenever they didn't get together in the show um specifically mike and will um everyone was like netflix queer baited us and i was like yeah that's what they do welcome to the internet i don't i really like that uh mike and will don't get together because I like Will and I don't like Mike. I think Mike Wheeler is the worst character on that entire show. No, there, I, there are I, people that have done worse things. He, here's the thing. Finn Wolfhard does an incredible job I mean, playing an unlikable teenager. Love that man. Uh, uh, will, uh, Mike Wheeler, I will meet him at the back of a Denny's. Um, okay, but like I also, I don't like Jonathan. 
Um, I've never liked him from day one. Um, I just thought he was just really creepy and then just like overextended his welcome. But, you know, this season where he's, like, about to, like, he has, like, this brotherly urge come over him. And I'm like, is this man going to beat up Mike? I was I was Team Jonathan. I was rooting on that skinny little, like, uh, weed-dealing man. Yeah, he, he's not the best guy. Um, but I do think he is an incredible big brother. I think that uh, another thing that people accuse, like, queerbaiting of besides the Mike and Will thing is that they were like Will didn't explicitly say that he is gay that means that he did not come out and I'm like that's kind of terrible um perspective for you to have Mm -hmm. um because he they did a lot they put a lot of subtext there and my only opinion on it is that I wish it had been more clear solely because I know that people are going to look at it and say oh well he didn't say it so, like, there are going to be people who don't get it. Yeah. Like, that upsets me. And I don't think uh, Nancy also, she doesn't say that she's a lesbian, right? Robin. Robin, sorry. We were talking about Nancy. But, uh, um, but Robin, like, she never explicitly says that she's a lesbian. I think she just, like, says that the woman she has crushes on, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole, um, I, I wasn't jealous of uh, Tammy Thompson for, like, being attracted to you or whatever i was jealous of you because tammy thompson liked you and i wanted her to like me or something like that yeah like and and then it's like a but tammy thompson's a girl and that's yeah like like that that's it and like oh she likes boobies yeah it's like it's never explicit the word lesbian is never said but it is heavily implied just like um will it is less so but there's very much the the scene in the car where he's talking about Elle liking Mike and showing her showing him that painting that is Will talking it's not about Eleven that is just Will um, and also Eleven earlier in the, the first episode was like he's painting a picture I don't know what he's doing maybe it's for a girl <laughs> yeah and so oh, and then like we also have to remember the time frame it's the 80s yeah there's and- a lot of things going on in the 80s we have um the uh satan D thing we have um um the tests of using like drugs on people against their will uh and then we also have the aids epidemic yeah like it's not something that you can just say like if you don't feel like you're in a safe environment and will will definitely definitely not he's god not bless him he's, he's, a, he's always unsafe <laughs> that, that man has not had a safe day in his life since he like started middle school <laughs> When I say that Mike Wheeler is homophobic, I mean it. It's... They put a lot into it, and I feel like people that aren't letting him just have, like, a nice, subtle moment, like, saying, yes, he is what you think he is, but, like, not just exclusively saying, Jonathan, I am gay. Like, that really... Not every queer person has to come out. Mm -hmm. Like... It, that's not that's not how it works for everybody like there's it's not always safe it's not like and putting that kind of and and by on it and saying i will always love you you know not saying i know what you are like i know you're gay by just saying i will always love you made it so that will felt safe enough to just cry in front of him yeah like you don't have to be entirely explicit about it and i feel like like what i've seen is a lot of 
older queer people saying this was a really great scene y'all just don't understand it and then a lot of younger queer people and straight people who watch the show saying he didn't come out this is baiting it's not you it's just not what you wanted it to be i feel like uh, there's also like a discontent of the world that was the 80s versus like the world that we live in now you know like yeah, like, it's a lot more people feel more comfortable being their authentic selves. Uh, like, of course, like, there's always going to be oppression, sadly. Uh, but in the 80s, it was not uh, the safest space. No, it's still not for people today. Yeah. And that's what some people just don't understand. Like, just because, like, for you, you feel very comfortable in your own skin. Great for you. It doesn't mean other people also do it. And by calling someone like a coward, because uh, I saw that, I saw like someone going, well, Will's just like a coward for not telling Mike. Mike's homophobic, babe. I would be scared of him too. His family likes Ronald Reagan. Yeah, like, <laughs> he ain't gonna win. Um, and I, I like, you know, just the, the brotherly conversation. I'm gonna go back to it. That, that was great for me. Baby steps. This little boy, he, he's trying to, like, figure out his feelings. He's only, like, 14. Like, stop sexualizing this kid. That's, that's a really big reason why when I'm, reading, <laughs> when I'm reading Stranger Things fanfiction, I filter out smut entirely. Because if I don't, there's a chance I'm going to be reading 12-year-olds oh having sex. I have a lot to say about underage, but I won't. That'll be not, a whole different conversation. Not it. Not it. That's not it. Um, don't do it. Don't write it. Don't don't comment on it. Don't don't interact with it. If you don't interact with it, it won't get popular. It's weird. It's I don't get it. Um, stop, stop sexualizing children. Yeah, like, then, uh, like uh, Millie Bobby Brown. She recently turned eighteen. Some grown men had timers set for when she was legal. Y'all are disgusting. It's, people are gross. Anyways, stop sexualizing. We'll let him just be himself. That's the important thing. Let him come out the way that he wants to come out. Yeah, and, and then what I'm hoping is that during the time skip um, that is supposedly happening between seasons four and five. Um, He'll grow some taste? Yes. Um, but I, I feel like so here's the thing. I feel like the first episode of season five should take place in the same year as season four, at least the beginning of it. Cause it kind of cuts off at like the very, like a really good point to pick up mm-hmm. and just like going from there and then going like, now it's four years later and they're graduating high school. Like, I feel like that would be weird. One of my favorite shows uh, also does a lot of time skips um, and they do it in a way like uh, the show I'm talking about is young justice. Uh, but Every single season has like a two year time skip. And between the second and the third season, they have this really unique thing where they keep doing flashbacks to right after like season two, like what led up to all of this. And Stranger Things doesn't do that. And they kind of like go, oh, we're in a new era. Have fun. Well, I feel like with Stranger Things specifically, things kind of go like dormant for a while and there's not really a need for a whole lot of backstory and like we did get at the beginning of season four we got the flashback Mm -hmm. to um 
what like one destroying um and killing all of these children and like that was needed but i feel like there's not a whole lot in stranger things that isn't something that they're going to reveal later yeah that needs flashback to like especially like i feel like arrow did a really good job with flashbacks too um, <laughs> at least at the beginning <laughs> every seven seconds it was a and yeah. then like weird like black and white <laughs> i know it was it was weird but like especially like the first season no the first season did it like when I, it, was, it was weird once he they decided you know what oliver stark is going to leave the island and I was yeah, like, I was like, why? he was on this island for five years why is he now leaving it like they're like we ran out of things for this man to do you can only fish and hunt so many times yeah so i feel like the first like two seasons whenever they were just flashing back to that worked really really well and then once they eclipsed five seasons and went into six seven and eight and they were flashing back to like the first second and third season and how that relates to what's going on now, I feel like that was done really well too. It's the kind of middle where he was like, "Now I'm in Russia," and I was like, "Now I'm in China." I was like, "Why? Where, where really? are you?" I knew you're gonna go back to that island. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, I know. I was like, "What are we doing here? Like, calm down." Um, but they did a really good job, like using that as like a, "Oh, well, this is why this he does this kind of thing." Yeah. Um, and there's not been a whole lot of need for that in Stranger Things now, but if they're going to do a time skip, I feel like they need to utilize that function. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I want to talk about Stancy. Steve mm. and Nancy. Mm, yeah. See, okay, I remember before the season came out, I remember sending you a voice recording, and I was like, you know, I, they're probably going to, as Steve's dying, they're going to do like a Nancy thing, and you're like, no, they're done with with Stancy and I was like you're totally right and what did they do they come in and they're like yes yeah, Steve's over Nancy Nancy is not I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> on this so um my Stancy thing I feel like whenever they left the gap between volume one and two and it looked like they were going to do Stancy I was very upset about it and I saw a lot of people on my free page going this is why Stancy's gonna happen mm. I was like, please don't and my reasoning comes from, would you believe it, evidence from all four seasons. <laughs> Not just like what we see. Yeah. yeah. So uh, season one, we very obviously we have the, um, she's dating Steve at the beginning of the season and um, slowly like becomes friends with Jonathan. And you can see immediately uh, in that. So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Nancy and Jonathan, weird pairing because it starts with her finding out that he took yeah pictures of her however they have incredible chemistry and that is entirely because charlie heaton and natalia dyer are actually dating and have been since season one so okay here's another thing with the uh, people forget and they forgot very quickly of the weird uh, uh pervy photos of her because oh barb so in season one one of i think it's one of her nancy's showing jonathan that she can shoot a gun yeah. um she says something about, like, um, oh, I've never wanted that, like, I don't want, like, a big family or something along the lines of that. It's it's something like that. I don't know what it is. I didn't go back and look at that for this. But I know that that scene exists somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then in season two, we get the whole lot of um, she breaks up with Steve. Um, she can't admit that she was ever in love with him. And that very much upsets Steve because he's very much in love oh. with her. 
yeah like like we're in love he's like like we're in love he's like bullshit. and then and then she has the whole she has the whole bullshit thing yeah. um and then like he confronts her uh, like at school and is like do you love me can you tell me you love me and she can't it's the same with mike mike also can't do it there's something uh, there they, they shouldn't be dating mike and 11 i don't know why they're so hung up on this 11 is like the first girl who ever paid attention to mike and mike is the first man that <laughs> ever saw met. after leaving the lab uh, to go back to the boys um huey and his amazing girlfriend um why can I think of her real name? Starlight. Uh, Starlight. What's her real name? Annie. Annie. <laughs> um, Annie and Huey. When she gets more powerful and she doesn't really need Huey to defend her. Like, she never did. Huey gets a little like, I'm the man. I'm the one that's supposed to be, like, defending her. Mike has the same mentality. <laughs> he really does. Um, yeah, so there's I don't I don't think Mike and Eleven should be together if they do time skip. If they time skip and Mike and Eleven are still together, I would be really mad. Um But uh yeah, so Nancy has her whole like they can't admit that they're in love and then she gets with Jonathan and um they do have like a scene about it in season two whenever they're like gearing up to do the final battle thing and like Nancy and Steve are talking about it and he's like, No, I'm not really mad about it. Turns out I'm a pretty damn good babysitter right which iconic mm-hmm. line and then in season three we go to steve and he is in the bathroom with robin and he's on the russian truth serum drug still kind of which is why robin comes out to steve um because they're still kind of on like a truth serum mm-hmm. uh but did they have a conversation um about like um robin asked him like to prove whether or not they're on the truth serum still um She's like, have you ever been in love? And he's like, yeah, senior year, Nancy Wheeler. Um, and there's a whole, like, are you still in love with her? And he says, no, I've moved on, something like that. And then it's yeah. kind of say you've moved on to Robin. Um, but then Robin says that she likes girls. And then she's like, oh, okay then. And then just completely moves on with the conversation. Um, but, like, I don't, I feel like backtracking on that statement, because he wouldn't, fall out of love with Nancy to like another girl and then immediately backtrack on that. Yeah. Be like, oh, now Robin's not available, so I do love Nancy again. I feel like that was a poor thing, and I was going with that going into the season. I was like, if they backtrack that statement, it very much becomes a, oh, oh, that's, like, detrimental to his character arc, and it's also, making them get back together is very poor for Nancy as well, character-wise. I was thinking about this, this meme, um, I know I've been relating everything to Parks and Rec, uh, but there's a scene in Parks and Rec where you have Andy, who's played by Chris Pratt. He is just a mess of a man. He doesn't have a stable job. He broke both of his legs. He's literally living in a pit. Like, he's just a mess. And then Anne spends three years with him and gets him back on his feet, like, you know, nurtures him, does all that. And then they eventually break up. And then when he begins dating again, she gets kind of mad because she's like, that's my all my work and some other girl's going to reap those rewards. And I feel like that's what Robin has because they had that conversation in the woods of like, yeah, like I'm a better person now because of you. Yeah. And now I, she has like this, I did that. I need to reap those rewards. I do have that entire quote here written. I found that one specifically. <laughs> um, so... Uh, 
in season four, um, obviously Nancy and Jonathan are not on the best terms. Uh, not because they're mad at each other or anything, but because Jonathan won't tell her that he's going to community college. Which there's no shame in that. <laughs> it's well, I understand his reasoning because Nancy definitely is not that she's not super ambitious and like goes after what she wants, but I feel like if Jonathan was like, Oh well, I'm not doing this thing that we were going to do together, she'd be like, Oh, well, I'll come do it near you. Like not necessarily And she'll and she'll resent him. Yeah, not that she'll necessarily go to community college, but she could get into plenty of schools in California. But it wouldn't be the school that she wants to go to. I, I also feel like Nancy is the um the less intense version and the better version of Rachel Berry. <laughs> and there's some like Finn Hudson. And I think that Finn Hudson's Steve. Mm. Like let that man live. Let him do his own thing. He's good. Also, by the way, um, Jonathan's going to community college and I know that his family cannot afford a whole lot. I understand that they are a poor family, but they make a point in season one of bringing up that he's his dream has always been to go, go to NYU. And he doesn't even try, it seems like. He's very dead set on going to community college, which is probably because he wants to be close to his family and a lot of traumatic things have happened since season one. But, like, I feel like that's something that they could have, instead of it's Jonathan going to community college, it could have been like, oh, Jonathan got into NYU. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Nancy, but irrelevant. Um I'm so glad I like Nancy because then I'd be rooting for her like not to get into college like I was Rachel Berry. <laughs> so I'm glad I really like her. So I'm like, get go to college, girl. Find a different man. You're good. No, I think that Nancy and Jonathan are good for each other in a high school relationship way. I don't know how well they'll do in the real world. They got together because they trauma bonded. Yeah. So um, even so, they're arguing about. They're not even arguing. Nancy doesn't know that he's not going to school he's she still doesn't know when the season ends he doesn't tell her so they have that whole thing going on so um you see nancy kind of start to fall back into like steve in a way and like oh this man is here and i used to like him kind of way um and my boyfriend is ignoring me um but i don't think it's ever really a i want to get back together with steve it's more of a this man really cares for me kind of thing and my boyfriend is ignoring me (laughs) um and then that's kind of what it is for the majority of volume one of season four it's a lot of like steve spends the season like trying to find a girl that like or at least he starts at the beginning of the season before all the stuff happens he's like he cannot find a girlfriend that wants to date him he's like he's striking out every single time and i mean he's, he's getting with girls but it's not no one is like what you know, he wants. Yeah, he wants a, he wants the family life. He wants all of that, and all yeah. these girls don't want that. So yeah, he spends um a lot of season four wishing for a girl. Nancy is wishing Jonathan would just talk to her. Um, and they kind of fall back into this old habit that they have, if you could call that, because they were dating for at least a year that we know of. We then get to see in volume two, um, we get the scene in the RV where Steve is talking about his 
big family dreams he's like yeah I always wanted kids and Nancy does make a point of being like I don't know if I want like that many like kind of thing which is like we well she she kind of she kind of she mocks it a little she's like isn't six a lot and he yeah. without blinking he's like um I'm already doing that bestie yeah I know I've already he's got six teenagers too that's terrible um but so we get that conversation and it, that kind of cemented for me that they weren't going to get back together in the this season because um they're very clearly talking about two different things in that scene steven's like oh yeah i've always wanted this like big family kind of thing and i've always wanted to go take people around in the rv like going like big vacations every year and nancy's like i could do the rv thing but not the kid thing kind of um and i was like cool great we're establishing they don't want the same thing that's good um and then we get the scene with them walking in the upside down and um, we get this whole, Steve's telling a story about how he crawled backwards as a baby, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, and he says that he didn't stop crawling backwards until he crawled backwards down the steps and uh, like hit his head and stuff. And then he was like, then I started crawling forwards. Um, and he, his exact words are, if I get a big enough thump on my head, I can change. I can learn. I can crawl forward. Listen, I guess what I'm trying to say in a really stupid roundabout way is thank you for giving my head the biggest thump of its life two years ago. It needed it. You changed my life. And now I'm crawling forward slowly, which I saw a lot of people try and take that as like a, oh, Steve and Nancy, you're going to get back together thing. Um, but it's very much a I'm. I've moved on from you. This is me telling you that I've moved on from you. You've changed me as a person. You'll always be a big part of my life. And I do love you for that. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm moving on kind of thing. And I feel like that Nancy needed to hear that. Then we do get the um, same, same exact scene. Um, He is talking about his like six kid fantasy that he has. He says to Nancy, you were there. You've always been there. Um, which I didn't take, which a lot of people took as a, he's telling Nancy that, that which, it is a weird thing to tell someone, but like, I feel like it's more of a, like, as he said, Nancy changed him. And of course it would be Nancy who he had this fantasy with. He hasn't had anybody else in his life. Yeah. Who he had that kind of relationship with. He can't have it with anyone else. All of his other relationships were fake. Like, like Tammy Thompson and the other kid that I don't remember the name of. I don't know. Um, they they sucked. Like, they were there because his parents were never around. He's rich. You know, they, were, they weren't really his friends. Like, they turned on him so quickly. Um, yes. And the, the second he has, like, this real, like, friend. Like, he's friends with all these little kids. He feels... <laughs> jealous of Eddie to only find out that Eddie's jealous of him for having everything be perfect for him. There's just there's a lot going on in his in his world and that Nancy is like the first person who has respected him in a way and called him out on his bullshit. Yeah, uh, a lot of his relationships were just like flings. Like they were not going to go anywhere serious. Nancy is the first like serious thing he's had. And that man also was like willing to go above and beyond for her. Uh, like he hung out with kids because he was like, oh, like Nancy would like this, but you know now he's now he's matured now he he doesn't need her. 
uh, in the way that... Yeah, they're... I think there's no way that they're not going to be friends. Like, they're always going to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see them getting back together in the future. And if they are back together in season five, <laughs> as I just stated, that'd be really poor development for both of their characters. What I think would be really great development is to have uh, Steve Dataman. Yeah. Great. Just, just, just have... Listen, the only way, going back to uh, Eddie being cast, the only way to break that is to just get, get it steady. I think steady is (laughs) great and beautiful um i'm not so much about so lots of people were saying the fruity four um obviously robin's a lesbian obviously eddie is gay they don't ever say that but there's a lot of subtext about it the same way there is about will um he says a lot of the same things that robin says that she was called like um he does he does have a black bandana in his back pocket which is hanky code which is something that gay men use to pick up other men um and I want to know if that was actually, like, <laughs> that was actually costume design did that, or if there's just some, like, gay person there who's like, <laughs> you know, it'd be really funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so I was, before, uh, like, right after volume one of season four came out, I was like, yeah, like, it's, the, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's uh, gay, bi, lesbian, and token straight. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone was like, Nancy and Robin. And I'm out here thinking, Nancy's out here bullying Robin. Every chance she gets, she's like, you're such a goldfish. Like, if they dated, Nancy would be, like, so annoyed with her. She'd be having this, like, I'm better than you mentality the entire time. Okay. Is it that? Or is it the same way that little boys flirt with girls? Like, the whole pulling on your hair thing. No, I just think she finds Robin annoying. <laughs> Um, and, I, and like Steve's out here defending her every chance like oh yeah well, she's there, just like that there is the scene whenever they're going to find Eddie at Skull Rock where um, I think I don't remember who it was it was Robin and Nancy and one of them like says something about like protecting your friends and then the other one is like oh so we're friends now and they're like yeah of course we're friends and like it's yeah, like, that, that's what uh, uh, Nancy's like we're friends now and, but then like later also later in the show when Eddie and Steve, Eddie and Steve when uh, Steve and uh, Nancy are having that conversation on their way to fight Vecna, Robin's running off. She's, like, watching out for vines. And Nancy's, like, like she's going to get us in trouble. You know, like, she's very, like, annoyed about it. I don't know. I just, I feel like they, they would be a very toxic relationship. Okay. So, I, th- I, I don't know how they would work as a relationship. But I know, did you see the interview where Natalia Dyer was like, yeah, I'm aware of uh, romance. And I... I- I'm down with it if they want to go that way, <laughs> uh, which is very funny. Um, but uh, like obvi- obviously, Robin and Eddie are gay. Um, I think that Steve is very obviously bi. However, my I I tried to bring it up with my brother, and he did not see it. Um, as far as I'm aware, my brother is straight. Um, <laughs> so not not saying he can't be, but like I it's very I think it's very much a thing that like queer people are seeing it because queer people look for it and um that other people aren't but there's a lot of how steve's character is written and how he's been developing that leads to him being like oh i like guys too kind of thing yeah um nancy i'm on the fence about because i can see it but also i don't think it would be the best way to go i said earlier some i think it was in uh our 
group chat I was I said something about like Nancy would be like she'd experiment in college or something like that but um I don't think that she would like end up with like a girl I don't think that would be like the end goal I don't think she'd ever like label it she'd just be like oh yeah I hooked up with a few girls once but eh, you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, I thought of- if, if they do it mm-hmm. good good for them I thought of something very funny. Um, they're not going to put this in the show because this is kind of like an out of your pocket um, thing. But in in uh, this time frame, ACDC was a term for uh, people who like both men and women. I think it'd just be very funny for Robin to explain that to Steve. And Steve's like, oh, so I'm like ACDC. And then he hears that Eddie likes ACDC because it's a, a you know, it's a rock metal band. And Eddie, like, Steve has no idea what ACDC even is, except for, like, now this, like, like homosexual, bisexual thing. And that's how he figures out that Eddie's gay. Not because Eddie came out to him at all, but because he knows of this one thing. <laughs> that, that be, my favorite thing right now is um, because Eddie has the bandana in his pocket um, and people want, oh, hanky coat. Um <laughs> I, I there's a lot of fix of like any explaining to Steve what it is <laughs> and it's he, he has a black one which um I'm pretty sure means that he's like is that BDSM the, I, I, th- I think it's the it means he's the Wait, um, I'll look dominant in BDSM <laughs> no that <laughs> Wait, hold on I'll look it up I'll look it up um okay I do want to say though that there's the scene whenever they're trying to get Eddie out of Max's or out of his another oh, no, in wait a second <laughs> wait a second oh wait no it makes sense never mind I was gonna say they're in um Eddie's trailer because they came through the port of the upside down but then he's talking about like Max having things and I was like that doesn't make sense because they're not in Max's trailer because otherwise why would he need a mask to they were they were in Max's trailer but then how did they get there without because the whole point was that he didn't want people to see him it's it's right across the the street from where he lives but and so he didn't, go, he didn't have, have to go very far to get the RV. Yeah, but he didn't have to, like, run across neighbors. He just had to go across. And, like, there's a giant hole in the Upside Down in his own house. And, like, Nancy almost died. And so I think right now, throw caution to the wind. Get as far away as you can and still be safe. Mm, okay. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um... <laughs> um... <laughs> a black handkerchief um, in the back pocket... In the 70s, the uh, handkerchief code gained popularity among gay men who were in search of casual sex. The handkerchiefs were placed in your back pocket, essentially, and depending on the color, symbolize a sexual fetish or position. Uh, And so, (laughs) black means S&M. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So. Would you like to hear all of them? I don't need to. (laughs) Um, Anyways, it's it's an important enough part of his costume that it made it into the pop figure his pop figure does have a bandana in his back pocket i mean the, the duffer brothers did say look for everything yeah um so anyways there's this scene where they're in max's trailer and Eddie's like do you have like a mask or a bandana or something that i can use so that he, he doesn't get seen while he's running but then they show him he's wearing the michael myers mask right <laughs> and they show him running around he still has the bandana in his back pocket uh, so, um, I, I just I looked at, 
I looked up with Eddie, um, and they someone pointed out that he does have a pair of handcuffs in his room. Yeah, he, he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's oh. so absolutely hilarious that they made the decision to be to have Eddie go like Max. Do you have any kind of like mask or bandana that I, I saw it? Everyone typically says the word bandana. I, I just I love that he kept it in his back pocket yeah. as if like I know I'm on the run, but I just need everyone to know that I'm you know. Yeah, I know he's. I'm like, what guys are you picking up right now? <laughs> I I like I I know Robin doesn't know what's going on. Like she's just there for the ride. She knows he's gay. She has no idea what's going on though. Steve definitely doesn't. Do you have anything else to say? Um, let's see. We covered Russia. I'm going over the things that I had annoyances with. Uh, we went I over- settled the notes I had. Oh. Here's my, like, last note about Murphy. He is the most out-of-pocket character. Uh, and he just gets dragged everywhere. And I felt like he had a big role in season three because he knew Russian meeting this um you had alexi uh, but this season i felt like like i get why you were there in the lowest sense and then in the the final battle i was like why are we still bringing this man around this man has not been around these elements that much i don't know i think it was very funny whenever marie shows up in uh california and all the Elle just bashed someone's headed <laughs> roller skate. And then they all get there and he's like, who wants Rosona? Murphy is one of my favorite characters. I do not trust him around children. No. I don't know. My mom asked me too. She was like, why is, why is Murray in Russia? And I was like, mom, because he speaks Russian. I don't. Yeah, like that, that was the only reason they brought him there, that, That's it. Uh, as we're recording this, we're 102 minutes in. Solid. Most of it was usable discussion. Yeah, most of it was usable discussion. For once. I think because it's so big and broad versus we have to fill time for this one episode. God, I, I vote. Okay. Um, ew, I haven't plugged the email yet. Um, <laughs> let us know what else you want us to talk about. We will be doing more things that interest us and not just 911. Um, email us at delandmelpodcast at gmail.com. It's Here's a very funny thing that happened with the. <laughs> so it's picture this July 2nd. I'm at work. I work at a concession stand. It was for a fireworks show. I'm vibing. Del calls me up and she's like, hey, someone used our email to buy um... Bitcoin. <laughs> Uh, with PayPal. And I've been on the, the receiving end of tons of PayPal um, scams. And so I'm like, well, it's probably a, like it's a scam. But if it's real, we have access to that account because it's our email. Um, it was fake. But for a good solid maybe half an hour, we were just laughing over the idea that someone had used our email to buy Bitcoin. So if it was so- you. So if, if you, you want to email, buy Bitcoin, <laughs> go ahead. It won't help you at all, but go ahead. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, drop us an email. Uh, let us know what else you want us to talk about. Um, the the show will be returning. Um, not as regularly as 
weekly episodes because god that burnt us out and we didn't have time for it um we're gonna be talking about other things we like um i am going to pitch this right now um <laughs> whenever 911 comes back um if we want to still talk about that like we were we shouldn't do weekly episodes but like whenever something big happens like we could probably do like every four or five something like that like whenever a major plot point wraps up because yeah. typically it takes a couple episodes instead of trying to do it weekly because that was hard yeah like i feel like at the uh when we did the blackout it was amazing and then when we had to just pull things out we're like this was a fun scene <laughs> and then like when I, like if we did like we do for lone star and we just touch like the big scenes maybe what do you guys think let us know uh okay. we also please bully us into watching paddington one and two we keep saying. talking about it and we've, we've been haven't... saying it for almost a year now um and if you've you've been with us um for a very long time you understand <laughs> it's you a know. good session with paddington you know yeah um Think that's it follow us on tiktok um it's in the podcast description uh yeah yeah we hope you liked us talking about stranger things for yeah. an hour and somewhat yeah and we hope you're ready for more episodes like this where we just talk about things we like maybe one day we'll talk about uh voltron oh <laughs> i sure have a lot to say about voltron <laughs> whole lot that'll be our next thing we'll talk about voltron in next. fact that is my basis for Netflix queer baiting people with their screw- their thumbnails and their marketing because they sure did it with Clance and they Wait, sure did remember- it with Byler. Do you remember Shiro and Adam and then they just killed Adam? Immediately. <laughs> and then they're like, you remember this background character? Yeah, Shiro and him are getting hitched. They said he's getting married. Oh, okay, so but- we'll, we'll, we'll do Voltron next. Not next. I- don't think, promise that. I think you and I should do a Voltron rewatch, and each season we come together and we talk about it. Oh, fabulous. I'm sure everyone on the internet wants to hear about that. <laughs> Voltron in 2022? It's more likely than you think. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> if you, oh my god, it could be part of my plot to revive. <laughs> For those of you who don't follow me on TikTok, but you should, um, I made a TikTok whenever um, Our Fly Means Death came out because um, Reese Darby, who plays Steed um, in that show, is also the voice of Coran in Voltron. And um, as we're seeing with Joseph Quinn right now at this moment in time, um, whenever (laughs) an actor comes onto the scene that a lot of people really like, um, they go back and watch their entire like backlog of media. Um, and I was like, wouldn't it be really funny if people watched Voltron because of Reese Darby being in Our Black Means Death and then they need somewhere to rant about how bad it was and there was like a renaissance on TikTok of Voltron and people got so mad at me. Um, but now it's like an agenda of mine to cause the Voltron renaissance. Mm-hmm. I'll join. Uh, so maybe the podcast can do that. <laughs> I mean, I love all the voice actors in Voltron. Oh my god. It's just the writing that kills me. The writing was so bad. All right, so that's that's our next plan because I'm just watching TV shows for fun right now. Absolutely. Okay. I'll put on Voltron in the background. All right. All right. See you next time. See you next time, fans. I don't, we don't have a name for them. I don't know what to say here. Um.
<laughs> I'm gonna say like Delites, but that's disgusting. <laughs> if you have a name for yourselves and it's not Cumber Bitches, please tell me. All you right. know, like, have you seen that? That I'm sorry, I'm gonna extend this a little bit more. Have you seen that interview where it's like the Cumberbatch fans call themselves Cumber Bitches and like the Chris Pine fans call themselves like Pine Nuts? No. And like Ben and Cumberbatch gets like, really like why would you call yourself that you're not that you're amazing people it's very funny great love that all right well goodbye bye